0: i Spaces Hello and welcome to the ether today is Thursday September 15th 2022 today on the ether part three of the three-part space hosted by sir CEO coach Bruce Wrangler confessions beautiful experiences you cherish and check out this cool cheppy fork idea fork knife idea see this is what happens Scrambled Brains. Let's take a listen.
1: Did you know if you if you raise your hand and then change the color of the hand, it doesn't change color. You have to re-raise it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's like kind of racism. You try it. Try it now. Try it. I want you to try this. Have to How do you get it. different color hands? You, you hold down the emoji and it becomes selectable.
2: That's kind of fucked up. They do not give you that option
1: in, in the beginning yeah I know it's horrible Sefi, um I wanted to ask about like take the specific domain of medicine because you know the most about that um w- in your head what is the the hierarchy of replaceability so I'm imagining stuff like medical imaging you know uh, analyzing x-rays and MRIs and stuff like that that's gonna be the the probably the one of the first things to be consumed by by AI right because it's just it's like pattern recognition purely. And I I would guess that AI could do that a lot better than humans, or at least we'll be able to do it very soon. Um, But like, what's, what's the, what's the ladder in medicine? Like what, which, which fields, which domains are going to get replaced soonest. And, and what's like the the hardest in your view, like what's the top of the pyramid?
3: So like, uh, yeah, here's some simple examples. So like, if you look at what you do on a daily basis, right, let's say Bruce here is sick he's got, uh, you know, uh, let's say a pneumonia and he's laying in a bed, right? So, like I walk in tomorrow morning into the, into the room. So, what am I doing first? It's like, okay, well, hey, Bruce, how are you doing? Like, you know, you're having trouble breathing, you're coughing things up, you know, you're having more fever, this, that, and the other thing, right? You're trying to figure out, is the disease worse? Is it better? Are they responding to antibiotics, et cetera, et cetera? There's various things you're trying to discover. Now, here's the thing, like, That piece of the pie, right? Like that concept of like just getting some information from him. A, he could just like interact with like, you know, a little tablet and provide all that data, right? Like, and you'll have a tree of information. Like, so for example, like he says, okay, I'm coughing. It'll say, oh, okay, you're coughing up blood? Yes, no, right? Like, so a a system is going to be able to provide a much, much more cohesive and much more um, like comprehensive like questionnaire every time, right? because it's never going to forget. It's almost like if you played a video game, um you you'd get a better medical history out of someone. So, studies have clearly shown that like a computer version uh where you interact with like this type of software will pretty much be better than 90% of doctors
1: or more, right? Like it's just not rational that it wouldn't be the as case. You're, it's a simple. It's a simple algorithm, right? As you're speaking, I'm also just thinking about this the sheer time savings. Like a lot of doctor work is is the taking of notes and the transmission of that information and the uptake right. of new information by new doctors and also the, the like the the time taken to do say a meeting like even with a gp or something right you have to sit down for 10 minutes and there's a certain amount of patients you can have a day um, it's like it, it removes it from time
3: almost like yeah imagine this though imagine this so what we just what i just described you could have essentially one computer in different languages like basically interacting with different people in different countries, different languages replace all the doctors on the planet. Right. It doesn't, we're not even talking about like, Oh, like maybe, you know, like I'm going to get a tech job doing this shit or something. I'm going to maintain this thing. Right. No, fuck that. It literally replaces like every doctor on the planet simultaneously. Right. Like that's a lot of jobs lost. So that's just one example. Then the second thing, like what's the next thing we look at? Okay. What are your vital signs and whatnot? Holy shit. Like, Like, it's not impossible to create some fucking robot to, like, come take vital signs, but it's not, it doesn't make sense in the beginning, right? Like, a human being with almost no skill set, right? Like, a junior high student, uh, hell, elementary school student can be taught to basically take people's blood pressure. So, like, these are, like, extremely low-skilled type of things. Like, in the United States, at least, we have severe degree inflation. Like, people go to fucking college and associate's degrees and all this other nonsense just to take vital signs. It's obnoxious. Right. Like that's why medical care is so fucking expensive. like in other countries, you'll have like people that like have almost almost no skills. Like you can take someone off the street to learn that shit and teach them the basics. Right. Like that's common in many small countries. So like those little things, like, you know, they're not really high paying jobs, though. They're like basic data. You know, you find out how people's blood pressure is doing and whatnot. All right. The next like, okay, like physical exam things like I'm going to check what your lungs and this and that. A lot of people don't realize that, like on a day to day basis in the hospital, once you sort of already know what someone's diagnosis is, there's almost nothing you're discovering on a day-to-day basis yeah. by just doing kind of physical exam. Like, there's like, like nothing really changes to that extent. Like, okay, fine. A rash happens because you're on an antibiotic or maybe like, um, you know, a, a, a pocket of fluid or something develops around your lung. But like, you're not going to detect that early through some kind of like listening with a stethoscope. You really need an x-ray for that. So once you're imaging things and well, even, even then, like number one, like this, um, like you can basically program systems to detect abnormalities of the heart and such with everything from telemetry to um, like uh, just simply like listening with uh, uh, like an, an acoustic evaluator, you know, where it's like, uh, checking for the meaning of, say, like, the uh, uh, a murmur or something like that, right? So all of those things are fairly straightforward. They're fairly programmable over time. I mean, shit, we have sound recognition that can dictate entire, like, books, right? Like, wh- what makes us think we can't make, you know, little sounds like, you know can't figure out what murmur you have or whatever it's obnoxious of course it can so these kind of things like exam things are coming that's going to make telemedicine really really sort of like much more common um and then there's like other things like okay next like okay laboratories and things like you get some blood work and whatever there's such a standardization to like what gets ordered for what reasons um that actually like the computer is actually going to do a much better job now forget about humans doing it like human beings forget all such a shit all the time. Like that's like, I notice this every single day. Like, you know, I'll go to see and do, deal with things. I'm like, all these people like forgot all these dozen things that they could have done. And so I know for sure, like a computer that I program would be able to do a better job than most people. Cause a lot of this stuff is standardized, yeah. right? It's not a big deal. Then you go like, okay, like you mentioned radiology and stuff and radiologists will say things like, Oh, like, you know, they used to say things like, Oh, a computer's never going to be able to replace me. Like I, it's like, It's just not going to be smart enough and recognize all the nuances, blah, blah, blah. Right. We know that to be bullshit. Like, 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 you know, if you've ever used one of those captures, you know, where it says, Hey, like show, like click all the buttons of boats or click all the buttons of airplanes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have this company where like, um, like we use some of those like type of things, right. To prevent spam coming into your email. And sometimes the fucking robots are actually getting through even those captchas like from time to time to where they're like, you know, it's like either doing it by luck or it's by doing some shit. It's like emails are still getting through that are spam. Um, so that's like, you know, so like that image recognition shit and like, um, verbal, um, understanding of what a boat is and what an airplane is and how to detect it on the fucking thing. Like that's becoming like harder and harder to mm. prevent. Right. Um, so image recognition, like radiology, like, you know, maybe finding a tumor in a lung or like, you know, looking at an area of the lung and saying, okay, I can't tell if it's a tumor here. I have to do repeat imaging in like six months or something. These are things that like, um, it just not going to take that much time to sort out. Um, Because think about it this way, like if a radiologist, right, you have to train a radiologist, it's said that like, you know, somewhere between like thousands to tens of thousands of images, once a radiologist like goes through them, they get trained and they, you know, finish their radiology residency. Now they can check your chest x-rays and your whatever, right? So um, if you have a computer system doing this, right, imagine feeding a computer, not only millions of images, but also the results of the the like biopsy results of tumors and everything that yeah, comes yeah. From it, right so the system can actually correlate how accurate it is and it can learn like okay i fucked this one up like okay this you know i, I have to consider that like the probability i'm going to get this wrong is this so it becomes like this probabilistic system where it, it sort of like tells you okay with the 85 certainty i think this is a lung cancer because you had like smoking you have emphysema You have this nodule. It's like two centimeters in size. It's probably lung cancer, right? It's going to give you some probability-based number. um, And it will give you a pretty good idea of, like, um, also, like, what technique to use to go and get a, like, biopsy sample or something like that um so yeah and then like just like the planning session of like what a doctor does on a day-to-day basis like okay we need to like replace some potassium because you're running a little bit low or this and that those are all just like you know child's play type things i can train an elementary school yeah. student that shit like there's a lot of stuff in medicine that we do that's just stupid shit that just anybody can do like it's, it's nothing so like the really fancy stuff like that requires any deep knowledge is a relatively small fraction of what we do comparative to the grand scheme now that we have tons of studies and stuff that tell you, like, what the standard is. So it'd be different, like, um, if we didn't have a pretty good idea of what to do for most things, right? But, so, to replace a lot of these standards-based things just doesn't take very long. It's just not a big deal. So, like, yeah, like, like I'm I'm fairly concerned that, like, a significant portion of, like, doctors are going to be made obsolete.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
3: time, Not just by that, but just simple tech, like, telemedicine and shit like this so there's a
1: lot of things that um another question another question yeah Um, yeah so uh, obviously you were medically trained and you went through the conventional medical system and you learned about um you know diagnostics and and how to you know how, how to diagnose and how to treat and how to how to follow up and how to track progress and whatever else um do, um, if and like if if all these systems are trained with the objective of making people better, like they'll they'll also be trained with the foundation of all the existing techniques and the analysis of data and and you know what you said scans and what actually happens after treatments and the biopsy results and all that stuff. But if you if if you set the parameter of purely making people better, do you think some portion of medicine is just going to get completely reinvented? Like a lot of shit is just going to get thrown out. And and things are going to come around, um, maybe ways yeah. of problem that are just like almost uh, hard to predict because they're so unconstrained. Yeah, like, have you seen
3: like have you seen what happened to like um AlphaGo? I don't know if you've seen the videos of AlphaGo. Um there's a there's a pretty good documentary on it actually, I think on uh YouTube or some shit where it, where like the initial AlphaGo project with the Google DeepMind, where they produced um like the this Computer that played the game of Go, like you're a chess guy, so you understand like the the, the general principle here. Yeah. But basically, what the system did was it it found stratagems and like tactics that human beings like hadn't considered. And actually, even after analyzing how the computer got there, they're like, "Wow, I'm not sure we would have ever reached that specific conclusion because it's so far out." But once you know that it exists, right? You as a human are going to learn from this system. So that's the weird thing too, is like. what will end up happening is, is the systems will actually find, they'll discover lots of different methods that like you had not thought of because it's going through so many permutations. And then we will be training ourselves based on what the system figured out, which is another interesting paradigm. So yeah, like the entire process um, will change. Yeah. We, we won't like a hundred years from now, like, assuming that all else is equal, like, you know, that society progresses as it is like, um, you know, people, you know, whatever medical professionals a hundred years from now will be just laughing at like whatever we were doing before Um, in the sense that it will be so different. I think um, that like, it really will be, uh, and not from just like a technological standpoint, like, well, there's new medicines or whatever. That's always obvious. Those will be coming. And there's, by the way, AI has tons to do with like new medicine discovery and shit like this too. Proteonomics. Yeah, yeah. So like there's all that, but I mean, um, just the routine day to day, what like we consider a professional behavior that makes uh, sense, is so- is about to change just uh, magnificently, like to the extent that like most students and residents and people that you teach, they're just dumbfounded by it. they just have no mm-hmm. idea how the, the ton of bricks that's about to fall. It's, it's really remarkable.
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Are you familiar with the term technological determinism?
3: Yeah, I think I get the idea of it. Yeah. What about it?
4: Yeah, because um, uh, about the questions uh, that you just raised, like what will happen to other jobs and professions and what will happen? in general, human society and social structures, with all of these technological advancements. I mean, there are a whole lot of books and like literature amount uh, around the subject. And uh, in uh, philosophy and social science, we call it technological de- determinism. It's like for more than 150 years, philosophers are talking about it. Even Karl Marx, I mean, he wrote about this I mean i just thought that you may be interested just google for technological determinism and there is a wikipedia entry and you'll find more sources there if you are interested
3: yeah it's like it's like any deterministic scenario right like w- w- whatever happens leads to other things that happen <laughs> and like it's like a domino effect
4: and uh, yeah, but there's, there's,
3: there's a certain
4: it's like actually a, a, a deterministic future right yeah
3: like uh, i i thought uh this video the other day like that I found that Ethan Buckman, um, like, you know, he's like one of the founders of um, the Cosmos ecosystem. He's actually a biophysicist, which I find extremely interesting. I want to have a conversation with Ethan, actually. He's a biophysicist by training, right? Like his ideas are from like a mixture of biology and physics where and how exactly like we're talking about, like how bees interact and like all these different interesting systems. And um, his concept was of like energy dissipation or like entropy dissipation where he compared like uh computer sort of like the water on the earth right like if you look at water on the earth right you have rivers you have oceans you have like clouds and all sorts of ecosystem right and there's the part of it that's somewhat predictable but periodically you'll get something like a tornado and you'll get a hurricane and you'll get like these events that are like look structurally like Um, organized, right? But they're actually coming from extreme disorganization and they create these interesting like um, systems where suddenly what looks like an ordered system somewhat, like you have this massive dissipation of like entropy or um, chaos, chaotic sort of movement. And, And you see this kind of thing in biology as well, like the biological systems, you see it in weather systems and all this. And um, like when the like the cryptocurrency like Cosmos and everything was created, it was like this idea of like sovereign blockchains and all this neat stuff. But um, but this idea that like what will happen is, is you'll create the system and you'll have some sort of like fucked up enterprise that happens. Like, for example, the Luna crash. Right. Like like you, you, you kind of have this ordered system and it created this sort of like almost hurricane. And then you have this big fucking blow off of entropy, right? That's exactly what happened. It's not any different than what he had predicted sort of like, like by looking at weather systems. And so it's almost like there's this like you have to plan the dissipation of this entropy at some point periodically. Almost like a like a valve that you open up and let all this like, you know, steam blow out. Otherwise, like some shit's going to happen. Right. And like I was joking with uh, like, I think it was um, with Jack the other day you know, I was like, Hey, in a million years, like if you would have like started like designing the cosmos in 2017 or whatever, you got to the tendermint, you know, thing. And I was like, I was like, did you imagine this Luna classic like situation, like a bunch of crazy people buying Luna classic all of a sudden, all over the world and like pumping the fucking thing, the price and like creating this meme coin out of a coin that crashed from like fucking like some mechanism. Like the entire thing is just like, um, I think Zaki, um, was on uh yesterday and he's like um like i think we were chatting in a space this morning and he's like he's he's like um i've been more busy after this lunar crash in the last four months than i've been in like like the history of like working on the cosmos and it's just this fucking like <laughs> the way that like the the these like unexpected really wild outcomes happen right is kind of like the nature of tech but it, they're not predictable in the sense that, like, yeah, it's deterministic, right? You, you have this, like.
4: Yeah, but uh, like, the, uh, about this, uh, the idea of predictability, I mean, it's, uh, um, I mean, it comes back to the origin of modernity and modernism. And yeah, science.
3: but, but, the, but yes, I, the way I look it, at it is this way. The it, past, it is, right? Of, uh,
4: it's uh, making everything predictable.
3: It's, yeah, it's, but think about this. The past is deterministic in the sense that, like, yeah, clearly certain events had to happen. Like, Jay Kwan had to write the, like, write the fucking, like, like Adam, you know, Cosmos white paper, and then you get the Luna crash. And then now, now you have a bunch of lunatics, and you have all these people in this room standing around, like, talking about this sort of shit, right? So you have this, like, sequence of events. If you look backwards, it's clearly de- deterministic. Like, there's no way it couldn't be. But then the future is completely quantum-like. It's completely unknown what's going to happen. There's no like absolute sort of like predictability. So like, you know, like, for example, hurricanes are going to happen, but you don't know when and where exactly they're going to happen. Um, You have an idea approximately where they might happen, like maybe Atlantic hurricanes or something like that, you know, where maybe like the water is warmer or something. You can predict some things, but you can't fully predict like the absolute magnitude, maybe what towns it's going to destroy like you know what human it's gonna kill and all those kind of nuances so there's this like um yeah the future is kind of like quantum and like this dissipation of entropy type of thing and um it makes it super super unpredictable so like the future is hard to say like okay like i'm gonna plan i'm gonna tell my children to do x y and z and they'll be okay (laughs) like the best thing you can do is like make your children essentially like emotionally stable And be able to handle like just wild changes in the future, right? Like just crazy ass changes. And that's about as best you can do as a parent or whatever. Like, what else are you going to do exactly? You're going to like predict, you know, you're going to plan for them to like handle, I don't know, fucking, you know, some drone future where there's like little robots following us. I don't have no idea what's going to happen.
4: But like, it's, 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 I mean, uh, about predictability, as I said, I mean, it's on the DNA of modernism, from uh, predicting weather to the predicting of the next economical crash to the next pandemic. I mean, the, the scientists for hundreds of years, I mean, they actually, they mind occupied with uh, making events more predictable or pre. Or or or, the, or just what you said, I mean, they yeah, trying they, to, they're trying. You know, yeah, they've been extraordinarily try. unsuccessful at it. Like, it's like extraordinary.
2: Yeah.
4: So. But I mean, they, they are doing their best. And about this technological determinism, I mean, just, I mean, just. I'm if am just you saying say there,
3: there, there is no I mean, best.
4: You'll get some brilliant <laughs> concepts out of it. I mean, at least about like, how you can make your kids, I mean, prepared for the future.
3: Yeah, like the way Um, I see it, like entire countries will fall. I mean the 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 the, like the sheer magnitude of the type of events we're about to have is really, really remarkable. Like I I I can't even understate like how ridiculous and obnoxiously like impactful these things are gonna be. And I, I don't know what to do about it at all. I just have no clue.
5: I feel like um if everything's gonna well, not if when everything's everything's gonna be going down that path of so many things becoming completely obsolete course our way of life is going to change and it's going to get to the point where all that's really important is the expression of human consciousness really i mean that's all you can really do on a personal level and looking after the ones you love and your own personal relationships so fundamentally it's a good way to thinking about these things is a good way to think about what's actually important to you sort of life you want to live and because really you know people say people make their jobs everything but it's not and it's a time of change, but you know, it's a good time to live because you you can do anything you want.
3: Yeah, I like this idea of these, you know, these um I forget what is it, the Buddhist um uh Bruce, who who are the ones that do the like little uh like really, really complicated like mosaic sand paintings. Um and then they destroy them at the end of the day or end of the week
1: or whatever I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um This I, kind of like lesson like, of yeah. impermanence yeah i've forgotten the exact name i think some schools of tibetan buddhism do it as well yeah tibetan buddhism really really intricate sand paintings and then they just drop them (laughs) yeah so they it's like
3: it's taking a bunch of different colors and different sand you make this massive painting right on the ground and then you like basically just destroy the thing on purpose um it's this kind of like lesson of impermanence it's kind of like a meditation um I think, like, I think in life, we just have to assume that, like, our our minds and our lives can just be washed away. And then there's, like, a certain freedom in that. And then you just sort of ride the wave as it comes. I think of it, like, almost like, imagine a surfer, right? So, a surfer can make certain, like, predictions about maybe the size of the wave that's coming. Or maybe the size, like, the, maybe how to catch that wave a little bit. You can You can learn just enough to sort of like be decent. Right. But you can never be perfect. You can't, you won't always win that like surfing competition because like catching that perfect wave, um, and that perfect day is really, really tough. Right. Like, so the, the, it's like this idea, you can learn to sort of surf the wave, but like, if you're not having fun doing it, right. You're, there's going to be a lot of competitions you're going to lose. There's going to be a lot of, um, Mm. uh, you know, and, and like, and it's very transient too. It's like, um, it's just the moment and, um, this idea of like living in the moment because like the future is so vague and so just ridiculous, like there's, there's almost no point in worrying about it. Cause let's say something bad really happens in the world or something really good, like whatever, it just like you're, you're, you're sort of like this impermanence sort of concept is really sort of important to grasp. And, and, um, I think it's probably the mentally the healthiest way to go. Like Zara saying, it's like, it's just like living with the people, you know, kind of like resonating with them having some fun and like don't expect to live forever. It's just not
6: a it's not a healthy thing. He's so Steppy, I got a question for you here. Um this is great by the way. I mean absolutely I, I'm really glad you're able to talk about this. Um I, I was I was listening to you and I'm I'm pretty much on board like ninety nine percent of what you're saying. Um someone said earlier like where is the um, like what, what where could you invest money into? Organizations and um, I think that's that's pretty difficult to to understand where to where to go. But um, there is a, a website called Crunchbase, and and I think you said one time it's kind of like a race to the mountain right now. In the top five organizations that are in healthcare, artificial intelligence, are four of them are in the United States. One one of them is in Germany. You've probably heard of these ones like Medtronic. Um, uh, Siemens, Acasa, <clears throat> Digital Diagnostics, and Abridge, and
3: yeah, I've actually I've actually um, lectured for Siemens before. Like I was tr- like they had some like technological crew, and I needed to like yeah. like update them on some shit. And like yeah, I've actually yeah. been there.
6: So Medtronic, I mean these, and how this ranking is uh, how they come up with this ranking is determined by an algorithm that takes into account like the number of connections of a profile within the platform like and also the amount of community engagement adds in some funding events and just overall acquisitions and how many articles are being posted so that's how they came up with the lists um and then what these companies do for the people that don't really understand what Medtronic is is um you know it's a medical device technology and therapy um so they basically treat chronic diseases which is that's, I mean, that's advancing drug therapy. AI is going to be very, very prominent in that in that arena. And then also um, Siemens, which is an electrical um, electronics company that really specializes in uh, more of a broader approach, which is like industry, energy, uh, transportation, and um, healthcare. But um, the next one too is Acasa. That one is for it's an AI-powered automation company or revenue cycle in healthcare. So AI yeah, is Although
3: be- I, I would warn that like the future on this is so ridiculously unpredictable. It's not like yeah. predicting like Apple versus Google or some shit like back in the nineties or like, yeah. um, you know, uh, like Microsoft or so like th- this is like at a whole nother level of um, yeah. Like th- this is why I don't really get into this idea of like, um, discussing like investing in these things only because. Oh, yeah, absolutely it's not. So yeah. Nebulous. And what yeah. has changed significantly, by the way, in this, in the world lately is a lot of these smartest people, um, they're not necessarily going to just simply like let you get in at some low price in the stock market. Like these geniuses are discovered by venture capital and other people and they shower money at them and like take over some fraction of the like IP. So what ends up happening is, is, like by the time you are like, oh, look, googling it to figure out what the fuck you're gonna invest in, like it's already like, um, you know, yeah. it's like a hundred to a thousand x sort of like over the initial valuation. So like, um, yeah, but like I, I, to see I, I tend not to be looking at this as some sort of investor.
6: Yeah, I'm with you. And I was more looking at it from like what you're gonna do, like what do you, how do you want to see around the corner? So I mean these are the top medical AI companies. Um, and, you know, the, the last one, the one that I'm interested in is uh, a bridge where it's a medical conversation AI. Uh, it uses audio-based systems. So, like, that's what you were saying earlier. One of the things you were saying earlier is how you could record and summarize, like, medical conversation. That's pretty low task. So,
3: yeah, but, like, what, what I was trying to get to you is, like, this idea that when computers talk to each other, you have no fucking clue what they're saying like like this idea that somehow like this is investable is like you're you're literally going into a world where the fucking machines are just doing whatever the hell they want it's really a weird very weird world and i don't know like i i just feel like my um my instinct here is that like it's already kind of out of control like there's not even like it's not like, oh, I can predict like a week, you know, uh, you know six months from now, like what this is going to look like. It's like the type of things that are coming out. Like if you just go like try some of the different applications out there right now, they're mind bending how good they are. Like, I don't know, like Zara, you like writing poetry, right? Or you like writing?
5: Wait, was I unmuted the whole time? Sorry. Uh...
3: <laughs> do, do you like um, do, do you like to write
5: I think yeah, you I love writing. I like drawing a lot as well. I like
3: yeah, books. try this. Try to write a um. So so write something. Just create a poem or some sort of like um. Um, I don't know, like a a short essay or something like that, right? Just mm-hmm. for fun, and then like paste it in copy.ai. Um, go to that website and like just mm-hmm. create a fake, like not a fake, but like a like a test account or whatever. It, they don't charge you anything. And then look at how many different ways it can manipulate your essay to do different fun things. Yeah. And I think.
5: think that once, I think. Um,
3: have you tried it? It's... Sorry, go on. No, I said, ha- have you tried that yet? Have you tried it before?
5: Yeah. Well, I was just doing shit posts on it, to be honest. But um, yeah, like it's, it's really crazy. I think, and like with the AI art stuff as well, I know this guy who. Um, made an AI art Instagram account because he liked it so much and I just have to say like I I think it's amazing um what the AI can do but also like I think fundamentally if you're not putting input in and it's making amazing things of its own accord it lacks structure and it lacks uh intentionality because so therefore, it's not really valid. I mean, it might be beautiful, but like, not valid. But like, uh, in terms of creation and art and writing, of course, for the commercial settings, it's going to be a perfect tool for out for just you know making all those like a uh, furry commission artists obsolete. But in terms of true art that has intentionality and is trying to convey a message of a person. Your thoughts are your own, so it will there will always be some creative arts, which are essential to purpose, in my opinion. But um, yeah, that's not really what you're talking about. But that's what I think.
3: Although I would say, like, if you wait like a few more years, right? Like the whether it's a music or visual arts, um, I think you're going to have a hard time figuring out which is human and which isn't, and that a really yeah. gray area. It's like even if you were going to value one differently than the other um what's actually happening with a lot of the artists is they're just using these tools as part of their sort of like palette of Mm -hmm. techniques like just imagine like the invention of the paintbrush or oil paint or whatever
2: like when you hear
3: them speaking right they're just literally creating um they're using these tools as part of like their color palette techniques they're using it for like filling in certain parts of the painting and just it's just becoming like. Just one more tool, almost.
5: Yeah, like I, I, spoke about that with um with the friend that really likes to hear art a lot, and you know you could argue it's the same as oh when the camera came out that's going to make art obsolete, and like when uh printing and Photoshop and I know, all these things, but fundamentally I kind of disagree with them as well. So I mean it's funny being in the crypto space and being kind of anti uh, technological progress, uh in mindset but um i think um pretty uh my root i guess ideology if i have one is pretty tribalistic in nature <laughs> that's that's
3: um, I like i like that sand painting idea it's like it's truly visceral right and it's completely impermanent like fuck it i just delete it when i'm done like it's like it's yeah. there's something strange about that to me
4: can I add something here? I mean, you earlier you were talking about Indian caste system and then uh, the this technological advancement. And I remembered something. I mean, actually, Marx, uh, uh, around 100 years ago, I mean, he mentioned that uh, construction of railway systems, which was a huge technological advancement at the time, uh, he predicted that this the construction of railway system in India will affect or dissolve the caste system in India. I mean, um, that was an interesting point. And it, it actually didn't, but it severely affected the, the casting system. I mean, it changed the social structure in a way. Um, I think the these AI systems and all things that you mentioned, I think it, I mean, I personally think it it, it cannot like severely change the social structure. But it will affect, definitely, the... uh,
3: Yeah, this is, like, every time I have, interestingly, when I talk to groups about this, right, whether it's in tech or whether it's lay public or whoever, um, everyone's always in disbelief as to, like, how much these things could be, like, like, oh, it can't do this, or maybe it won't do that, or maybe our social systems won't get affected, or da-da-da-da, right? It's like we have this need to sort of cling to this, um, maybe our, like, reality, whatever that is, and it's almost seems abhorrent. like, like for Zara, it's like, well, I don't want it to replace art. And for you, it's like, I don't want it to replace, you know, social structures. Or for me, it might be, I don't want it to replace my job. Or maybe like for Bruce, it's, I don't want it to replace, I don't know. Actually, I do. You know, so, but it's interesting, like everyone has this like innate, um, almost like mental defense mechanism that like, I'd rather have the status quo in some ways, the way it is, and I hope that stays the way it is and, like, life will kind of move on. It's like this um, – it's almost like we're all in kind of, like, this collective denial, which I have, like, after speaking about this for so many years and, like, like watching this thing happen and, like, mm-hmm. it, and it, before my eyes, like, the actually the speed and actual, like, execution of how fast this stuff is moving – was even faster than I thought it would happen, which is like, which um, I don't know. It's it's like uh, I'm still in sort of disbelief myself. So it's like hard to even describe like the kind of things I worry about. It's really weird.
5: Yeah, I get what you mean. I just feel like um, I don't know. I don't welcome. I don't welcome AI happily in open arms.
1: I think and, another question is like, how could it be fun? Because I don't know. Like when I'm on Twitter, at least the I like spaces a lot, but when I'm writing stuff on Twitter, like 99% of people I deal with are really autistic and they don't know how to play around and have fun. And I'm thinking like, maybe I could have some AI friends instead and they could play with me in the way I want to be played with. And like, I don't know. It, and and by playing together, um, we could become freer and happier. And, and I don't know, I could laugh more and live more and love more. You know what I mean, Safi? Like, how could it be? How do you think it could be fun? Like, what do you think is the, like, okay? People always talk these kind of boring arguments about, like, yeah, whether whether AI is conscious or not, and and whether it's sentient, and whether um it's going to be destructive for the world, and what we're going to do, and stuff like that. But I think a better question is like, how, how could it be fun? Have you thought about this, Safi? Like, what's the what's the most fun things? Like my profile picture here on Twitter, it's created by AI, actually. Yeah, I've got to find some
3: AI comedy for you guys, maybe read it out loud. Let me see if I can find some <laughs> cuz there's actually this
5: is actually a thing. I've like seen some of the, the like really
1: stories and and the GPT-3 things, the green text and stuff. That's really good.
5: It's really funny because um like a few people were trying it out and then um they made some some shit posts and like they just blew up entirely, like they were everywhere. Like I saw them reposted more than probably any other meme I'd seen like in the mm. last like, year um, at that point, in terms of like across different platforms and stuff. But, yeah.
1: It's quite interesting to optimize it for humor, like to put input and then have the output be like virality on social media and just optimize it more and more and more to find like the, the funniest possible story. <laughs> that could have be i think that'd be good
7: the um <clears throat> i'm like almost falling asleep here but the uh writer r-y-t or what is it r-y-t-e-r something like that some like writing ai i found you can like set the tone of the voice that it writes in so you write a few sentences and um allow it to write a few more for you and it, it's pretty wild that you know you can kind of get creative with it, like write a little bit of a creative story and it just finishes it for you. <laughs> I just yeah. can't believe it. It's, it's, That's, it's so crazy. And uh, I actually have a subscription to
6: copy.ai and I was looking at all the, um, all the other organizations or companies just to make sure I'm like picking the right one. There's a few writer is one Jasper.ai and I picked copy.ai just because I think the the leadership is just a little bit more advanced um and has better connections and overall just i think i've listened to them talk a bunch of times on like spotify too and i appreciate like how the, their thought process is and um it, it, yeah it's a tool and you can absolutely use it i was i was over at this na bar and s- some of these ai artists gen- were generating stuff and they were just taking it in a very weird direction and they were like making like and it was like a not it wasn't um dalle it was like some alternative one where it didn't have any restrictions on it so they were like making like naked pictures and they were doing all like these dick pictures and all this crazy stuff yeah yeah and they were like totally into it too but then i I follow him i follow the artists and what he's actually producing is actually some really cool like vapor looking smooth uh type of experience and it's actually really really cool. So it really depends on how you use it. And it's it's an overall philosophical thing, which is interesting. It's how you want to use that technology. I can use my copy that copy.ai, which I'm which I'm learning and like every other day or every yeah, every other day like there's some guy who's on YouTube who spends like 45 minutes and explains on how to use copy data a.ai. So I, I mean there's gonna be a down pressure. There's gonna be a lot of people that don't understand. And AI, like AI, which I mean, do you like? Sephi always says, like, do you know how your phone works? Like, <laughs> like, do you know how that works? No, you don't. Um, not, but you just know that it works. So, I, to make it fun, I like where I like where where you're going with that. I think ultimately we would have to try to just exist with it, and make it fun. So no, here,
3: here I'm gonna read out like a little like some jokes that. Uh, so there's this. Uh, so there's this little system where they kind of created uh like they use 7 years of Conan O'Brien's jokes like um I think like basically a model with uh like the comedian Conan O'Brien. So then like you type in some initial text and I typed in airplanes can't fly without gas but they can glide. I just typed in some shit, right? Just whatever came to mind. And so some joke ideas popped up. Let's see what it says here. The first one is airplanes can't fly without gas, but they can glide. One of the longest popular United Airlines is reportedly sold off a of bill. The most popular groups are made that all of them may be trying to have to see the presidential convention. How weird. <laughs> so the second was airplanes can't fly without gas, but they can glide. The Secret Service suspended the first penis. The good news is the worst show, the worst show, the artist. The next one is our planes can't fly with that gas, but they can glide the attendance uh, glide. The attendance of the white house teams will be a third party to the Titanic presidential candidates. So for the first time, the president of Michelle Obama will be called good food. So I don't know where it's coming up with this shit from, but this is kind of like a simple tensor flow where it just sort of like takes information from Conan and Brian and just throws some shit together. So this is like really sucky at telling jokes and like, what has been realized with telling jokes is like, if you think about it, like improv, right? Like when we are like just fucking around and like, you know, saying stuff improv is like the best example of like, where if I know sort of like Bruce, right. I know um, Zara and I have a sense of like their context, their sort of wit and maybe their background and some other elements, like a joke is sort of funny in sort of like this context. Whereas like, Say, for example, like, when, you, especially when you get to, like, things like, I don't know, something that's, like, semi-racist or some shit, right? Like, it, it can be funny, but, like, only if it's thought to be maybe not malignant or maybe it's thought to be, um, you know, told by someone of that race. And, therefore, like, it's some reflection of maybe their own family or some crazy thing they've done. So, it's, like, this interesting idea that, like, jokes are super, super contextual and you just can't, like... Um, you can't do what I just did, which just type some bullshit into a computer and have something pop out. It has to sort of like learn you. The, the system has to learn you and you have to learn the Joker to some extent to really understand what's actually funny about it. And yeah, there's like all sorts of like, like uh, research on this concept of like, can you make computers make you laugh and all this kind of stuff.
4: Anyway. Yeah, coach, the coach. The most fun tool that I encountered about this AI Things, it's it's a website called Mid Journey, and they have a Discord page too. Uh, what you actually do is basically you give them a bunch of words like it can be one word it can be like 20 words and based on this word uh the their software create you an image which looks like a piece of art like my profile picture it's created by midjourney uh it's fascinating i mean you can just uh, google midjourney uh, discord and 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 you'll find it out it's 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 very fun
5: I saw a comparison. Yeah, mid-journey.
1: I've used I've used all those things and, and Dali and all those things. I think my my profile picture comes out on Mid Journey as well. Um, That's why I
5: hate with your profile pictures. Yeah. I said earlier how it's so your, your coach. You're one just so like there's so many like there are no, there's nice AI art. So I don't know why you did that. <laughs> I don't
1: you just know. have bad taste. Both no, of you? I, I didn't choose it. Just somebody just sent it to me, and I was like, put it on. Oh, then somebody else sent me there. like version and i just put that on just write
5: in what you wrote before and then write like sparkle ocean or
1: fun um, i didn't do any of this just people sent me this thing you need to (laughs) if somebody else like you sends me something new then i'll update it to that if it's you know what's funny is if i change my profile picture someone sends me like some nft or something
3: or whatever i change it for a little while I get a bunch of DMs that people are like, change it back, change it back. (laughs) It's like we recognize you as the little funny little boy with the little thing.
1: I've had the the same. You know, when I changed profiles to like, I was Crypto Susanna, then I was like Abdul and Betrayed Man and whoever the fuck else. And Slippery Rick. Every time I change, people are like, oh no, don't change. Go back, go back. (laughs) Like, I miss Rick. I miss Susie. Please don't do that. It's so weird because I'm not, like, the other interesting thing is I'm not actually changing myself much at all. I'm pretty much doing exactly the same thing I've always done. I'm just, like, re-skinning myself. Um, so it's, like, it's, it's weird how my apparent change in profile picture or biography uh, is, like, warping their perception of what I'm doing, even though it's basically the same thing. It's like a tulpa. I try to yeah. draw
5: pictures a lot. because Yeah, bad. but it's mainly
1: in their minds, which is interesting. Like, it's not so, I'm, I'm pretty much doing the same thing like little things change and then and sometimes i play around with like themes and stuff but mostly i'm pretty much the same but like in their minds it's like there's some whole new character which is interesting
5: i followed you on one of these characters i can't remember which one it was but you got posted about your wife or something um
1: my wife it was rick. oh slippery rick the prison inmate yeah
5: Yeah, it was, or maybe the one before that because i uh, yeah, it was
1: What's funny about that? Do you know what's funny? Really funny. It was, um, it's funny that you actually remember the
3: names of the different characters and like you just, like <laughs> something about that. It's I almost that I mean, like you just did it carefree, or... but you remember the actual characters as if they were real.
5: I remember yeah. um, last year I changed my account to like a, like Tran Tammy or something. And it was very clearly me. Um, mm. And um, I got like, I went to sleep. I like made a few shit posts. Went to sleep, and then I woke up, and I had like twenty messages from like kind of semi-mutuals saying like, "Who are you? Who are you?" Like, like they couldn't believe it just because the profile picture and name changed. All you have to do is like scroll down like three three tweets. It's really strange.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the um, one of the funny things is like how I've got people to play along with different things. Like um, uh when I created Rick, some, some woman messaged me and I was like, where are you from? And she was like, Oh, from Australia. I'm a retired lecturer. who's like 65. And then I was like, do you want to be Rick's wife? <laughs> and she and I was, and she was like, yeah. Okay. So I sent her like some inspiration script, like, you know, about Rick's Rick's problems. Like, um, Reintegrating into the world after a long time in prison, and you guys need to be gentle with him and like many people have been commenting on his tweets lately that that it, you know Rick has been saying stupid shit, but you need to understand that he's just got out of prison for twenty years, and so I, I sent her this <laughs> script, and she did it. she sent it over That's like, the craziest I, thing. I thought that was just you
3: like with another account doing that shit, right i oh, didn't realize oh you God, actually program.
1: you actually programmed another human to do it. <laughs> No, no, they they want to do it because it's like they they're into the fun. So like the the woman who played Debbie, who was Rick's wife, was like a sixty five year old Australian lecturer who'd retired, um, who I'd never talked to ever really. <laughs> it was just you know a
5: fan. What? That was how I found your account. It was the Debbie. I think she posted like a voice message about Rick, <laughs> and that's then I think I called that, oh, and then I found you. It's funny.
1: That's her. That's her. She was um just a oh. Yeah retired australian lecturer
7: yeah you were i think you were a humble man when i when i first came across your account and you were <laughs> like just saying the most non-humble stuff <laughs> and i thought it was hilarious it was pretty good no
3: periodically crypto Susanna would show up in like some twitter spaces about some terrible shit and uh um, and we were like talking about something or another and then I'd see the Crypto Susana account. account there just lurking there. And it was like, I I couldn't help but like pay attention. I'm like, when is Crypto Susana gonna show up here and like she's gonna say something? And like I just I was expecting like at some point you're just gonna show up in speakers and like just say some shit, right? That's why, like when uh it was like Crypto Pancake or something, right? One of the folks that kind of like hangs out here suddenly showed up and she's an actual woman. I'm like, wait. Hmm. She's an actual female. Like, it's like, I can't tell who the hell is who anymore. So it's funny. Is she still around? I don't know. Did she hear still? No, she she left. But like, I thought for sure she wasn't real.
2: No,
1: she's good. She's funny. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah. And she's also a person who found love on Twitter.
5: That's wonderful.
1: Among our group of friends. On, on crypto Twitter, Sefi. She hooked up with, with one of our Twitter mutuals. No. Yeah, like they started speaking because of me, interestingly enough. <laughs> okay. Like he, he she showed me her first message to this guy. I won't say who he is and stuff. And I don't know if I know if they're still together, but they were for a while. Um, she showed me her first message and it was like sharing my tweet, <laughs> which is quite funny. I was like, um, when she told me about it and she shared like the initial screenshot, she was like, you're actually quite informative in our relationship. And I was like, how? So she shared me like one of the silly fucking tweets <laughs> from like Crypto Susanna or whatever, like six months ago. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like showed me how it started, which was interesting. So like, and, and then I was like, okay, since I, I made this happen, you need to call your son or your daughter after me you need to call your son Bruce and you need to call your daughter Susie. And she was like, deal. So we got that sorted.
3: Yeah. Perfect. That's the one important thing, right? Like, <laughs> Get the naming rights. Yeah. So if anyone wants to name their uh, uh, children after us, it's all cool. Like, you know, we won't like, it's not patented or some whatever bullshit, right? We're not trademarked. Yeah. Edith is down there like just planning out the next like, uh, you know, children and whatnot and like what they're going to be named.
5: I'm going to name my first son Sephi, And they're going to be like, why are you called Sefi? And it's going to have a moon emoji after it. And I'm going to say, because I want my son to grow up to be a well-paid doctor with a high caste Indian wife. And I want him to spend, to make lots of friends across the world in Twitter spaces when his wife is at work and his son is playing Minecraft.
6: Everyone's gonna call and everyone will say uh, c
3: instead of SEFI. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like I don't know where that comes from.
5: Yeah, I'll teach him that if he, if they, if anyone mis- misnames him, then I'm gonna give him little knuckle dusters.
6: Hey, Bruce, poison. coach, you said something. So, you, were you, how did it make you feel when you found out that you were matchmaking uh, here on crypto Twitter and, and, for you, that—I mean, you said you were gonna in a few years have a kid and maybe hmm. find your crypto wife. Like, what is your what is your? You might have already said this too, but what is your crypto wife like? Is he is she going to be into? I don't crypto, think she
3: wanted a crypto wife, right? I don't think
1: that's the. I don't no, know. I, don't, I hate I hate anything like that. But yeah, what was your? But yeah, go ahead, Robin.
6: Okay. Well, what would be your? So you're going to find, well, if you're going to, if you're trying to find your wife on Twitter, chances are they're going to have some sort of appreciation for crypto. Because most people, that's where everything's happening right now is on crypto, but you're not going to, no?
1: No, like if you look at my account, I barely ever talk about crypto. Crypto is like 0.001%. Like it's, it's just a, it's just, I don't know. It's like, I, I don't even care about crypto. I, I like I like Cephi and stuff, and I like uh, a few people here. I like y Pump. I like the energy they bring and, and, like, our conversations, but I just have never cared about crypto at all.
5: I guess that truly is a confession.
1: Well, like, I don't know. I don't understand what all these people are talking about. It's a mystery to me. I've uh, got, like,
5: the 300 new crypto-related followers and, like, some of them are commenting like annoying shit on my posts. So I'm just blocking them. Mm. Um, and every time I see one of the little monkey profile pictures, I'm sorry. I know they've paid a lot of money for it or whatever, but like it makes me feel really sick.
1: Yeah, same. Same.
5: But luckily, there's a lot of beautiful, amazing people on Twitter like Katie and Preethi. Uh, sorry if I said that wrong. Who are here and they should talk.
1: Yeah. I mean, crypto is like you, it's interesting. In future and you invest in things and you you do rational steps like you have a hypothesis like maybe you, the cosmos ecosystem is going to do well and then I start dollar cost averaging into it but really I don't need to talk that much about it I can just have fun like 99.99% of my time um, there's, there's almost no benefit at all to all this regular talk unless you're just like autistic or lonely um, but even if you are autistic or lonely, talking about this stuff most of the time in spaces just isn't going to satisfy your your inner longings anyway. Um, you're better off abandoning the whole thing and joining one of our spaces.
5: Yeah. Um, by the way, I was thinking I might start getting back into lifting again because I had like a bit of a lifting phase last year, and I've realised I've got a bit fat, um, like just casually, because I've just been kind of chill maxing a bit too hard. Um spending all my time on Twitter spaces instead of, you know, deadlifting and mm. doing swimming across channels of water and stuff.
3: Should um, probably follow um, Wabi. He's uh, he'd probably get you right back to it.
5: Well, we call him King Flabby behind his back because he's fat. I'm joking, by the way, <laughs> he's not. But um I was wondering if you guys had any like workout tips or like on like I don't know, advice as like powerlifters yourself.
1: Yeah, I would say that every woman, no, I I did like fairly elite level powerlifting for like three years in my early 20s. I would say over my experience being in gyms, um, training people, men and women, long term, seeing other people, I would say that, that lifting as a whole, weightlifting, powerlifting especially, has only ever made women more ugly. Um, it's never had any benefits for women at all. It's made them more masculine. It's made them look worse. Um, it's made them act in a more disgusting way. I've never ever mm-hmm. seen a woman benefit from lifting weights in my whole life. Like literally, I've never seen it. I've seen them become ugly, that's it. The things that I've seen have, have made women look good are and look good and act good. I'm not talking about like how you look. I'm talking about like the, the inner change in the soul. Um, uh is mainly dancing and i would say yoga and pilates
5: so do you think i should you know what was actually so sure.
1: oh sorry i muted sorry about
3: that i kind of yeah it's like actually
1: pushed the button oh i think i you unmuted then i muted and we we're combating for a little bit
5: i feel really humiliated from that so i'm not going to talk anymore
1: no no go ahead sorry
5: i don't know i was going to make up some shit about like dancing and like make a scenario mm.
1: where i'm like, dancing and... I can't really
5: think of one now. Lost the flow. Hawkeye spirit is here too. This is a cool guy. All these cool listeners.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've never I am I'm, I'm serious as well. I've never seen a girl look better from lifting weights ever. And I've seen Yeah, I think speaking, it's not
5: great. Um I just know um it's basically if if you I know think so, Some people
3: like that know. Amazonian style, right, Zara? Well, sorry. Some people like that sort of Amazonian look, maybe.
5: Well, I don't know. I'm I've never been like a. I I think when women lift too much, it generally, it's really strenuous and it can mess up your hormones a bit. So I don't think it's something that you should do too much. But I think in terms of like compared to like being a cardio cell, and like jogging and stuff like that, it's way more preferable to do like calisthenics and lifting. To just have mm-hmm. some muscle, if you're not getting that exercise
1: in your day-to-day life, like just practically speaking, um, I think just climb trees. Climbing trees are.
5: Honestly, I love climbing trees, but um, I'm a bit scared of climbing these days because I used to really like it. But I um went to a climbing centre last about this time last year actually, and I was really into it at the time. Like, I really loved climbing. <laughs> Basically, the climbing gym that I was used to before had really like a squishy mats. Um, that you could just fall on at any angle, and it was like a trampoline, like it was fine. And they looked the same in this place, so I climbed up this like ledge. And it was really high, like it was—I don't know—it was a harder one. And then, um, I was like, I got a bit scared, and I looked down. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna blop it. I'm just gonna drop. And then I dropped, and um, they weren't squishy mats like the ones in my normal gym. They were like just basically hard, like crash mats. And I landed straight on my ankle and um like it was it was all like purple and messed up. It looked really disgusting. So yeah, I'm a bit scared now.
2: Mm.
5: I guess you could say it's a confession of mine. Hi Kate. Hi,
8: how are we? Has my have you guys been in here um, since this morning? No. <laughs> I mean for me. I mean for me, not for you. Like the last few hours.
1: Yeah, we're still but we're making progress, I feel. Like, we're getting towards something. Like, we set out with an objective and we're getting there, almost.
8: What confessions have we made? Mm, I don't
1: think think anyone's confessed anything yet.
5: Oh, okay. That's all right. Well, I told you guys about my hamster.
3: Wait, are we... Is it, like, it's, like, confessing sins or just, like, what?
5: Just, like, fun secrets. Like, sleepover vibe. Except you're, like... Oh, well, except it's not like a sleepover. It's more just like a space on Twitter.
1: It just kicked off around seven a.m. in Australia, Kate, when I was getting up for work.
8: Yeah, I saw it around then, like eight or something.
5: I don't really remember. Kate, do you have any like fun confessions to share with us? Like, I don't know, you ever like eaten anything really weird that you weren't meant to eat, like a, like a creature? or um, I don't know, you ever mm. stolen something from a loved one?
8: No I've never I've actually never stolen anything I'm such a pussy like I probably will start shoplifting because I want to save money like my brother wears shoplifts and it's like such a good way to save money but like Aiden uh, there is something weird that happened like when I was a kid like okay in like Australia there's these bugs okay like they're like worms but they're like really fat okay that's and really
2: cool
8: they're what they're what like indigenous Australians eat like you know, like, in their traditional culture. And my dad, grubs? one time, we were in our – yeah, yeah. And so they're, like, these fat – like, like how would you describe it?
1: Yeah, it's almost like a fat worm with, like, tiny it's, – it's got, like, tiny legs, like a caterpillar, but they're really, really small, and it kind of looks more like a worm. I think they're, like, white normally. No, you I know what you mean. They have them on TV shows sometimes, like, as challenges to eat. Really? Them. Yeah, on like a yeah, fear factor dad, or something my like dad that.
8: Ate it. Yeah. Like he my it. Like, he would eat them. I'm really sorry. Like, my dad's really cool and normal. I don't know why this happened, but they would, like, be in our backyard, and he would bite one, and it would be, like, alive, and then I would just eat the other half. Like, I have done that in my life when I was, like, three. So there you go. That's my confession.
1: How did they taste?
8: I don't really remember. I think they tasted all right, but I don't really remember. It's just weird because they were alive, right? Like, that is pretty weird. But I'm still alive. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I've always hated that. You know when you see like, um, I don't know, like strange Japanese or Chinese people eating like octopuses that are still like I don't know, moving around and stuff. And there's such a like beautiful. I feel like, it's good for you.
8: like it probably gives you extra. Fuel. Like if you ate something still alive.
1: Hmm. They also say things like if, if, uh, I don't know, like. If a cow is brutally killed or something, the adrenaline in its body will circulate and that'll like destroy the quality of the meat or something. Um, I guess if you if you eat it, oh, it, it tastes really, much
8: worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you eat it really quickly while it's alive, um, just like grab the fucking octopus out of the sea and just stuff it in your face quick. It doesn't have time to release all those hormones. So, yeah, that's I think yeah, that's- cows really
8: don't have nice lives so that they. Like, because of animal welfare, they have nice lives because then they sell for like a much higher price, like 100%. I think, um, like it tastes better.
5: Animals, like ruminants, generally tend to be better, um, because they have to eat grass or at least something not too far off it. Whereas pigs, they can literally just like feed them like aircraft plastic, like waste, like I saw, um, because they'll they'll eat anything. And that's why like Jews and Muslims don't eat them because. They recognize that <laughs> they don't digest stuff as much, so it's more what they eat is in their fat and skin, you know.
8: Someone offered me to eat like a wild pig that they shot and I declined. That's another confession. Cause I was like, Can you imagine what it would have eaten? Like that's so fucking disgusting. Like I nearly threw up at the thought.
5: Sophie, do you have any confessions, my friend?
3: Hmm. Um let's see. Um we
1: don't have to do confessions. We can always do like.
3: So my my brother, right? When we were growing up, um, so he had this like, like metal wire, like it was kind of like a, I don't know what it was. It was like almost like a spool of, like thick wire. And I don't know what he was the fuck he was doing, but he was like spinning around, like, like um, where he was like, like you know, spinning in the air, making it kind of whistle, almost making this noise. And, um, he whacked me with this thing. like, it really hurt. Like, it's just like a really fast moving, like whip almost like thing. Right. So, um, I don't know. i I was kind of vindictive sort of, so I kind of stabbed him with a pencil. Um, so I stabbed him in the arm with a pencil. I think to this day, he still has that pencil mark, like as a reminder. Um, he never fucking whipped me with a wire ever again. So that's kind of that, but I don't know if that's, is that a confession or is that just like war? I'm not sure, but there was that. that.
5: It's really cool. Thank you for sharing. I heard that a lot.
7: Oh, I I have a good one. Well, from from childhood, I must have been like two years old. Like, strange enough, I I have some memories from very very young. Like I was probably two or three, and um, I I can remember doing this, but. Like, I can't remember the why I did it. Um, like, I, I, my grandfather used to, uh, when he visited, um, like, I noticed he would always sit down on a particular chair um, when he came in the house. Um, and I remember, for some reason, uh, like, putting a tack, like a thumbtack facing up on the chair and when he came in the house after driving like two hours to visit us he like sat down on the tack and jumped up really quick <laughs> and i don't know why i did that um because at three years old you probably don't really know why you do much but um but i do remember doing that and uh it's kind of funny to think back on that that i did that <laughs>
5: that's nice i like the new name of the group by the way beautiful experiences you cherish mm. can i get one of yours coach
1: yeah Let me. let me i'm in bed you know when you're kind of sleepy and you don't quite access memories very well i'm in that state mm.
5: i always find when i'm half asleep i tend to actually think of stuff easier first just a bit more
1: um it, it, well, it's like it, it comes when it rolls off other people's experiences. But when you're asked directly, it's like it's like yeah. the the direct recall, like the, the part of the mind that can like see the whole thing and select isn't really there. But the associative aspect is there. So
5: Actually, I'm really interested in how all of you dream, like in terms of um, like. Because I've been talking about this with some of my friends and it seems to be a bit different for everyone, of course. But like, I mean, I know myself and some people I know, they have really strong imagery as they fall fall asleep. Like, so they tend to like, sleep talk with people that are around they keep speaking nonsense or whatever. And they're basically dreaming while still being awake. Whereas other people, they sort of just close their eyes and then a dream when they wake up is just a distant memory and it's not like they've been away, you know? I don't know. What's it like for you guys?
3: Um, You know what? Like, I I did think of a little story um, of something that happened. So there was this guy, um, and I don't know if he was like, um, well, anyway. So I was driving uh, in my car out of uh, an apartment and um, driving out and going, like, you know, when you go from the parking lot into the street, and this guy was riding his bicycle. And, uh, I, I didn't see him coming. And, um, so I crashed my car into this guy's bicycle and he, he fell. So he falls off the bicycle and it so happens he has like a bag of groceries. Uh, we had a grocery store nearby and I guess he had like cans of, um, I don't know, soup cans or something like that, right? Like metal cans inside this bag they fall on the ground and he subsequently falls on these cans as he goes down onto the, to the ground. So I kind of like surreal, you know, it's kind of surreal when this happens, like you just kind of like, you don't know what to do. Like, and all of a sudden he falls down. So I kind of stop the car. I get out and I'm like, Hmm, you know what to do the guys like in real pain. Like he's uh so we're calling, you know, the, uh, 911, the ambulance and whatever. And, um, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, so here I am like, you know, this is when I was like kind of a student or just, no, this is after when I was a student, I was kind of a resident at the time. So like, here, are like putting my doctor hat on I'm like, Hmm, let's like make sure he's all right. So I actually didn't have any stuff with me and I just stuck, put my ear onto the guy's chest. And cause you know, he'd mentioned that his, like he hit his chest with one of these cans and, um. It turns out like he actually was developing a um, tension pneumothorax, meaning like air was, you know, seeping out of his lung because probably his rib fractured and like cut into his lung. And I wasn't a lung doctor at the time or anything, but like basically air, when it seeps into the chest and creates a tension effect, it's almost like uh, almost like a drum. Like, you know, if you tap on it, it's going to be kind of like um, resonant sort of. But I just sort of like just stuck my ear against the guy's chest. And I could tell that like one side was different from the other. I was like, oh, he's, uh, he's you know, he could die. Like he could just kind of deteriorate. So actually when the ambulance uh, came, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like he has a, a um, tension pneumothorax already um, starting to develop. I'm like, you know, you don't want to like by the time he gets to the hospital, he's like arresting because of this thing. And, uh, so actually he, he did get like a chest tube put in to drain this air out, like right then and there. Um, and actually just the fact that like, <laughs> like a person that knows what they're doing, like crashed into him, like, you know, he might've like lived or died based on that moment. It was really weird. Um, so he did fine. Like, you know, uh, it's not the you know worst thing in the world or whatever, but like, yeah, it's like, I should have maybe looked a little bit careful, more carefully to the left before I whacked this guy with my car. Um, but somehow or another, he survived because, like, I, I just happened to just stick my ear to his chest and could tell that those are problems. So that was an interesting day. Um, anyway, just a little like, uh, you know, my uh, attempted manslaughter or whatever the fuck. Or oh, like, you wow.
5: know, that's an amazing story. That's so cool.
2: So yeah, just strange things like that happen.
7: Maybe he was meant to get hit by a car, but. Um... Universe wanted to make it easier, so they chose you. Who knows? Maybe that. maybe
3: that experience like shaped um, you know some part of my psyche subconsciously. That when it was like, oh, what do you want to do for a career after this like general medicine residency? Like maybe I thought, okay, like I fixed this guy, and somehow another inspired me to kind of go into like this particular field where I do this type of shit all the time. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, maybe that like moment sort of shaped a whole yeah. sequence of events.
7: Yeah, like I like hearing about like um I don't know like it's I don't know that's that's not really like synchronistic but like experiences that like um uh like where a decision that you made um like had a certain impact like like for example uh maybe maybe like a a decision that you made that was like out of the ordinary or something like kind of um had an outcome that that uh would have made a big difference like if had you not made this decision prior like for example uh like when i was when i was a kid i had a uh, like an off-road vehicle like atv type of thing um and would ride it all over the place like through the woods and and whatnot off-roading and um Uh, I always wore a helmet generally, um, and buckled the chin strap and, um, you know, I would take off and go cruising around. Um, but this one time I did not buckle the chin strap for whatever reason. I just was quick. It just got on, put through the helmet on and and just took off. And, um, just so happened that like, I like, went across a stretch in a trail and somebody had strung up like a metal wire, like a fence type of thing or or something. And um, the wire was just like eye level and hit me right in the forehead, like under the visor of the like, like motorcycle helmet type of helmet. And the the helmet just came right off like my head Um, and I was fine. But if I had like buckled the chin strap, it would have like, it would have like snapped my neck probably. And I probably wouldn't, I don't know what would have happened. You know, I don't yeah. know, what, like, you know.
3: Like that close to death. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, there was this one person, like it kind of crazy. I was in school and like this, uh, uh, actually I was in medical school at the time. And uh, someone like, I guess, you know how stop signs are like street signs, right? They're, they're at a certain height. So you don't like whack your head on them. I guess there was this one st- stop sign that was like not high enough and someone walked into it without realizing it or something, you know, just maybe like, um, just weren't paying attention. And, uh, it took their scalp off like, like like this, like this, like their hair, the scalp, the whole deal, like just peeled away and like, had to be like all sort of like put back together. That was a really weird thing. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, sort of like that. Your, your little story kind of like brought, reminded me of that. Yeah, it's like You're scalped. <laughs> scalped yeah, by, a, scalped stop by a stop sign. Yeah, it's like, yeah. How fucked up is a situation like that? Yeah. At least the motorcycle with the wire. It's like that maybe that happens in a movie or something. But imagine okay. having to tell your friends you ran into a sign and took off your hair. It's
7: yeah, kind of yeah. Strange. I mean, it's it's like it's like yeah. I don't know. Things like that, though. Like I've had a couple of those sort of things that just make me feel like oh, maybe it's not my time yet. There's still something here for me to do. Like like, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild to have experiences like that where you're really close, close to death.
6: Zara, you were mentioning about, like, dreams. Um, I had a dream, and I actually made me think of it. Uh, I know it's late over there, too, but when I, was in, when I was in college, I went to school up in Oregon, and it was my freshman year. And I don't know if I dreamt this or this really happened. So I'm curious what what you guys and what everyone thinks about. Like, have you ever dreamt something that you thought actually happened? Because I was in Oregon as my freshman year, and uh, some of the guys in the dorm room wanted to go to Hermiston, Oregon, and Hermiston is like known for its watermelons, like watermelon fields. And the reason that we were going to go is because we were going to go and get in the back of a truck. And then go out to Hermiston, and it would be late at night, and all of us in the back of a truck. And we were going to go to these watermelon fields late at night, and then we were going to go and like s- smash like watermelon, uh, not watermelons, but vermin, because they would, uh, they would, it's like a, they would go into the fields and they would mess up the watermelons. So I, I had a dream that I went to these fields and, and using my feet, I would smash like these rats or, or vermin or something like that. And I was, it was so vivid, like it actually happened. And I was like, it's, it, I, to this day, I can't, I don't remember if it really happened or if it was just a dream. Has that ever happened to anyone?
8: Yeah, I know the vibes you mean, like the exact vibes. Like, what you can't remember if it's like a childhood memory or a dream.
6: And I was like, I want it to be a dream because I don't want to be like the person that went out in the middle of the night and just used my feet to crunch <laughs> these these uh, animals. I'm like, did I really do that? Is this a dream? It's
8: Surely a dream. <laughs> Are I you mean, old? how could you not discern? How could you not discern? Like, whether it's a dream.
6: Because it was like 12 o'clock at night, and like yeah, but you would bo-
8: remember that because it's so I
6: know, funny. but like you're about to fall asleep, maybe you can't distinguish between reality and a dream, maybe. But okay, underneath I I this activity, to, like you
8: would like- go close, to Big be dirty or something. Like he would have evidence,
6: I know. Maybe I just like blocked that in my mind because I'm not like the person to go out in the middle of a water. Do you
8: smoke weed or something? Because I, I feel like
6: I used to, important. I don't, I don't do yeah, it anymore. That would be good. I used to, but, um, it's, I don't like the way it affects my, my mind, but, um, I'm wondering if anyone else can explain if that's even a real thing, like if that actually happens,
7: because I could be, I would apparently- say you, I would say you probably, it probably was a dream and it was just so long ago or you had it. How old were you? Well, how old do you think you were when this happened? Cause I was my freshman year and I went to, I
6: went to college a year early, so I was probably like Seventeen, but like this is—it's a farm town, right? And so farm towns are—they just do things, you know. Like if you're going to go out to the watermelon field and and just smash these vermin with the back of your foot, you know, in your shoes, and you turn on—I remember like they would turn on the light, and then they would all scatter, and then we would jump out of the back of the truck and try to find them and just like,
2: just like crush their
6: heads. I was like, like, no. And I, and Facebook was just kind of starting and like, we were all so cool and we had like Facebook accounts. So maybe I have to find them, but that was just a a weird, I wouldn't say it's a beautiful experience, but the beautiful experience would be being unable to distinguish reality and, and, and like the past and the dream. Like, that's kind of beautiful to me.
3: Yeah. I don't like, have any guys played like, um video games like super super obsessively i'm sure there's people in this room that have um like to where you were just completely addicted for a while like just obnoxiously so right so like so in one game like there was these like uh so it's like a fantasy type game it's like a Dungeons and dragons or lord of the rings style like fantasy right and um, I was just like completely sort of crazy playing this stuff with people. And
1: um, it Sorry. was like uh-huh. too embarrassed to say the name of the game it must be a bad one.
3: No, this was EverQuest. I just wanted to I didn't want to like say some name that nobody fucking knew what it was. So I was like trying to describe it like more than just the name. But anyway, so this so the. So, they had like, you know, like wizards and like uh, clerics, right? And there's all these like sparkling things that come out of your hand. And like, you know, like the cleric has these like blue sparkles that come out of the hand. And they heal you like, you know, when you're like taking damage or something. Anyway, so you get the idea. And um, so just obsessively playing this stuff with people. And for some reason, I, um, so we like playing so much so that like I had to go to like, this is back when I was kind of like, Uh, a medical intern and stuff like that. And I I really shouldn't have been playing this anymore. I was like, shouldn't have been like this obsessed with this thing. And um, like, you know, I, you know, it's like two hours before I have to go head off to work or do whatever. And um, so I wake up and I couldn't actually, I just didn't have enough sleep. I couldn't distinguish like reality from the game anymore. Like in my mind, I woke up and I'm like, Okay, I need to go and like get my spells ready and like fucking like, and I and I don't even like play. That yeah, I've had that. Character. I've had that.
8: Like a similar thing. Like it invades your yeah, dreams.
3: Even... Yeah, like I your dreams even... are in like the
8: reality of the game. It's like pretty fucked up.
3: Yeah, like, I do not even play often, that though. particular character in the game, but like for some reason, I woke up and I couldn't tell. I couldn't differentiate the fact that I wasn't a fucking like EverQuest cleric. Like it was just weird. And, How did it last? Um, shit like half an hour it was a it was it's weird <laughs> an
8: hour, really
3: like i must i mean i'm probably still laying in bed like still thinking i'm like this thing right like it's that like like crazy like extreme rem type behavior where like you think you're awake but you're not like it's just yeah when you get sleep deprivation the and you get this kind of like, thing. thing
8: yeah i know yeah
3: this in-between thing you're you're kind of awake but you're sort of like no but even afterwards like, like hallucinating in the shower condoms
8: but kind of aware yeah of kind of
3: hallucinating i'm like i need to get ready to cast this spell And like here i am like showering getting ready for work and just acting like a crazy person yeah it's like it's weird how like uh you can break from reality and shit like that like with these extreme sleep deprivation states
5: if i it's five fifteen a.m right now so we'll see if maybe if this space goes on for 100 hours and then by the end, I'll just be spitting straight gobbledygook.
1: You know, what do I do? I, I'm falling asleep. Do I just remain as host and silently fade into sleep, leaving you all here?
2: It's a big question. Hmm.
5: Much to consider. Are you posting utensils, Sephi? What's so good about those ones? <laughs> <laughs>
3: like talk about like sort of stupid like autistic obsessions right i've i've been like i don't know why but i've been looking at the shit i've been eating with in my house and i'm like there seems to be something wrong with like the nature of the forks and spoons and things like in my this house. it
5: sounds like the sort of thing that a man with too much money thinks about i don't know and it's I'm not it's not
3: like extraordinarily expensive either it's just like yeah. it just seems like a stupid thing like these like i don't know why but these little like i don't know these crazy looking forks and knives and things look really like fun to eat with <laughs> i'm not really sure why i'm, I'm thinking about it but i've oh, been yeah, I, i've been I, dreaming I, about this for like i don't know like a good solid few weeks yeah, like that i need to cool. like get rid of my utensils and throw them all away and start over again i'm not sure why
5: i fuck with the vision
3: have you guys ever done this where you just like said okay I need to just like have a change and like could it be because I'm always talking about
1: throwing away cutlery
3: yeah and you talked about it afterwards but I was actually doing this like almost a month ago I I threw away half the shit in my house like in my kitchen my wife came home from um, out of country and she's like what happened to all my shit and I'm like well like you weren't using it it's like well why did you have to mess with it but look at this look at the fork on these things like the one one side of the fork has a beveled edge you can fucking cut with the corner of your edge of your fork. Yeah. It's see, once you cool. see this, once you see this, you're going to want to buy this fucking
7: thing. <laughs> like a spork. But um, I think it's important, though, like, like utensils have like a good weight, a good balance to them. Like sometimes they're like heavy on the uh, on the like yeah like a throwing knife
3: right like a ninja sword like and it's, it's kind of right
7: yeah yeah it's weird like it just doesn't feel right like it's got to have a good good feel yeah you there was read... some
3: brand of spoons right and it it made me a little bit paranoid to buy things because i someone said oh like i put this spoon in my soup right and it was weighted wrong and the fucking thing flipped out and the soup went everywhere so i'm like oh i don't want to buy oh, that's that a problem. shit like that's i don't want to buy problem. a bunch of forks and spoons and then find out the goddamn thing won't stay in a bowl right so, yeah.
5: like, so this I thing seems like so. interesting. I yeah. think I'm gonna go to bed. Um, and I was wondering if any of you, like, if you were true friends, if you would like sing me a time song because <laughs> otherwise I can't sleep.
3: My little <laughs> pony, pretty pony.
5: No, no, it's freaking me out. You're gonna give me nightmares. mess. Stop it. Um, I was thinking more like, I don't know, another
1: like Katie maybe yeah Katie has to do it <laughs> I want to be sung a story too and then I'll be able to go to sleep as
2: well okay who's got the um the the lullaby here so I can fall asleep <laughs> oh,
6: I've Michael. never heard I've never heard Sefi sing this is quite momentous. And then Terra... is Terra Space is here?
2: Yes! yes. Uh, yes.
3: Uh, my <laughs> voice is not... It's kind of going right now, but yeah, I, I need to do some... Uh... Hold on, let me find something. Give me a minute. Okay. 60. 59.
2: 58. 57. 56.
8: 55. Before. I feel like you guys should just go to bed. Like you all sound very exhausted. No.
3: no I need well, to find something and like actually like practice something. Uh,
5: we just need a bedtime story, song, and then boom, we're done.
1: Can somebody give a bedtime story. Yeah, I need to
3: like. Um, it's gonna be horrific if I just start just
2: randomly. Kate, do you want to like make up a story
5: about like fairies?
8: No, no. I'm too shy. I'm too shy. Someone will do. I'll spend okay, the other so speakers.
5: Like you are a fairy. You're like a flying a fairy with like blue sparkly wings. Thank you, you are. That's so sweet.
3: Wait, Kate is shy all of a sudden.
5: If
8: me, yeah, Kate, think of a bedtime story, yeah.
5: If me, Kate and K T were in like a forest okay. carrying under like the golden evening light. Kate would have, like, big blue sparkly earrings. I would have, like, big, like, purple sparkly earrings. I mean, sorry, wings, no earrings. (laughs) And um, Katie would have big pink sparkly wings. So, yeah. Okay, since everyone's going
2: to sleep, we need to go to ASMR, okay? Can you start whispering? Is that okay? How about I start a story? And then, if it's something you can continue. Once upon a time, there was a little girl, called Gordie. I'm going to change my definition. Um, Sefi, keep going.
1: I just want Katie to carry on for an hour.
2: Ah, uh, Damn, okay. I'm like tired too, so I'm trying to remember the story now.
3: Once there was a girl named Callista. Her father was a soldier, and after the country in which she was born, Spain, Invaded South America, she moved to Argentina with her family. The people who lived in Argentina were angry the Spanish had taken over the land, so they surrounded the camp in which the Spanish families were living, hoping to make them leave. Calista was told not to leave the camp, but she was hungry, so one day she snuck out to find food. She explored the jungles. She came across a cave where Mother Puma had just given birth. Calista helped Mother Puma clean the cubs and found food for her to eat. One day, the native people found Callista, and she was scared. However, they did not harm her. Instead, they took her back to the village, gave her food, and looked after her. Callista felt loved and at home and lived there a long while. Then Spanish soldiers attacked the village, found Callista, and took her back to the camp. Her father was very angry, and with her sent soldiers to tie her to a tree in the jungle as punishment. She was there for days. The village people were scared she might die. But they were also scared of the Spanish soldiers. After three days, they went to try to rescue Calista, but feared she would be dead. However, when they got to the trees, Calista was fine. The puma cared for her, had come back to look for her. Oh, the the puma Calista cared for, had come back to look for her. The villagers untied Calista and took her home with them, where she lived a long and happy life.
2: They
8: seemed to fall asleep.
2: It worked okay should i
3: buy
8: these forks or not yeah buy the fork okay i'm gonna get them do you need forks they just look very like normal
3: these forks have a knife on the side i can cut like let's say i'm eating um maybe a piece of small meat right chicken
8: no don't buy them i'm really sorry
3: so keep the forks and spoons i have
1: Mm. friends my uh my phone is gonna die in a minute. i don't want to get out of bed And uh, I'm very satisfied with Casey's bedtime story. Mm. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wish there was a way to hand it over to you guys, but I don't think there is. I think this might be the end.
6: Hey, coach, I'm glad that you're okay, man. And I hope
1: you have a great night.
2: Thanks, man.
3: The night's only just beginning. I've gotten plenty of uh, opinions about my forks and knife set idea here. Everyone, please leave uh, some opinion. I'm going like, to decide whether to buy this fucking thing. Then I'm going to tell a story about eating something with it, okay? If I buy it. So, we'll see.
1: I'm, I'm going to close the space in 10 seconds. Good night, everyone.
0: Good night. night. Bye, Good night,
2: everyone. Bruce. Good to see you.
0: Good night, Good night everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part three of the three-part space hosted by Coach Bruce Wrangler. Beautiful experiences you cherish. Recorded on Thursday, September 15th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening.
9: Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexin' All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hug Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain got the taxes included Acting like a writer never felt secluded